at the time, my goal was just to be in real estate and then eventually do something with it. But then I met our mentors and learned this thing called syndication and really got the bug and want to help people further. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full-time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. Welcome back, my great to wealth listeners. Today's guest is from the beautiful land of Lees. I was there last year on a conference. I've known David for a while. His name is David Kafka. He's a realtor. He's an investor. He's living a life of an immigrant right now, which is perfect. So he could feel a lot of my pain when I moved to this country. So it's interesting. So I thought his story would be amazing. He's on a journey of passive investments. He knows a lot about Belize. He knows a lot about real estate. And he's also looking at accelerating wealth using different asset classes. So with that said, David, welcome aboard, my friend. Yeah, welcome, buddy. It's good to see you and good to be here. Yeah, it seems like we just saw you last last weekend. It's kind of like I just met you. Last week, right? You can never have enough of right. you. <laughs> That's right. Awesome and awesome. Well, how's Belize? Good. Oh, it's good. It's warm. It's unseasonably warm right now. So it's that's like in the Yeah, that's right. I like it. Yeah, I have to tell <laughs> something about my first memory of David, which I still chuckle when I think about it. We were in Dallas at a conference on a summer, and David was with his fleece blanket, not even jacket, but fully <laughs> covered. And I was like, it's 80 degrees outside of David. <laughs> it was hilarious. They keep their rooms cold. Not that cold, but I do hear you. You and Russell Gray. That's right. Exactly. Awesome. David, we'll, we'll kick it up. And first of all, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So, a little bit of background about the show itself. The name is Migrate to Wealth, right? And we've talked offline about it as well. It's really the journey of how does one migrate into wealth? And the world wealth is pretty nebulous for us. It's not just about money. It's about anything that means to you. So what we would love to kick this episode off from is understanding what does wealth mean to you when you look at wealth? And then what has your journey been to migrating into wealth? Whatever that means for you. Yeah, wealth to me means freedom. You know, my family moved from Jerusalem and Israel, Czechoslovakia. My mom's German. When she met my dad, he brought her to the States and then he left. And so she was in a new country, no English. She only knew German. She had two kids and we had to figure it all out. Right. And yeah. so just like most immigrants, you know, they have to get to work. And so I pride my work ethic, you know, from what I learned from my grandparents, you know, who fled the war and came to the U.S. and I started off after high school, went into the fire service, but didn't have a lot of wealth. A, we didn't make a lot of money. And B, you know, there's no time, you know, we were right. always have to be at work at a certain time, you're 24 hours. And because of that, I started a landscape company and grew it, retired from the fire service and just went landscaping. But again, I didn't have that freedom. I had more freedom. Right. But not enough freedom. And I did the proverbial rat race, right? You know, I lived beyond my means and I was just enjoying life, but lived paycheck to paycheck. 
I didn't realize your family's lineage, so I can only imagine the pain and suffering that brought to the entire family, especially with being raised by one single parent and also the parent that doesn't speak the language, right? So I remember going right. back to my part of it, although I studied in English medium in India, I didn't feel comfortable speaking the language, right? And I never spoke the language. I could read and write and speak to a certain extent. I remember, man, when I came, like, I don't understand what these damn Americans are speaking. A friend of mine told me, just go put on a movie with a subtitle. Just watch the same yeah. movie like a thousand times. You'll eventually start to get a hang of the accent. Just make sure you put this. I remember that, man. I did that. For That was hard for me. I can only imagine if somebody comes to this country and they don't necessarily have the basic understanding of alphabets, right? They don't have understanding of the English language. So that their problems just went like 10 times because they have to restart. So I can imagine that I can definitely appreciate that. And from there to now, landscaping company and all that good stuff. You know, one thing that came, you said time and freedom, right? I think it's also time and space is really the freedom. You want to be where you want to be, when you want to be, with whom you want to be, right? Exactly. And that's really the three dimensions of freedom that I look at. When you look at the two, it seems like, and we haven't talked about the two, we've talked about time. So have you achieved the time freedom now? Where are you on the journey? For the most part, I messed up a lot because I bought property, right? I have a lot of property, but I don't have passive income. Right. So I do work, not a W-2 job, but I am a real estate broker. I sell property here in Belize. While I'm doing that, I'm starting my, you know, syndication career just like you. Mm -hmm. And that's given me a bit more freedom, but I'm still working, you know, last week was 80 hours. So oh, wow, yeah. while I have freedom, I don't have as much freedom as I want, you know? Yeah. I am feeling the same way, right? Kind of like I thought I left my W-2 and it'll give me more time. And now I've started a business that's taking a lot of my time. Although I'm enjoying that journey much better than a W-2. I would rather work Correct. 80, 90, 100 hours a week on my business that I enjoy doing it than working for the man nine to five and hating every single hour of it, right? So it's part of that exactly. is enjoyment. Part of that is building a legacy, building an impact. So why did you, when you were looking for a time freedom, which a job could have given it to you, just more predictability, right? People are telling you what to do most of the time, so you don't have to apply your brain too much, depending on where you are in the position. So when you are looking for freedom of time, why go the syndication route, which you and I know is not a two hours a week job. It really is a full time, especially where we are in our own journey for syndications. I mean, I think you and I both have the need to help people. I wanted to help people in the fire service. I enjoy serving people and I know you're the same way. And so syndication helps us serve people right. giving them what they don't know and we can take all this information that we're learning and give it to them and we can build a decent income if we do it right mm -hmm. and get the time that we want i mean we both right. know syndicators that are working you know 15 20 hours a week you right. know and they have their right. team working right. so while you and I are building it, we're relatively new at it, right? So we have deals under our belt, but we're right. not to scale. And when right. we get to scale, that will help us, you know, get that time. One of my mentor always talks to me about my performance. Actually, he always tells me that 
imagine you're living on a hill and you have to go climb a hill down to get water from a lake or an ocean, wherever, depending on where you live. Uh, that's one way to get the water. The other way to get the water is build a pipeline. But building the pipeline is going to take time. But eventually that pipeline has a motor and that motor pushes the water up. You never have to step down the hill. I think we're in that phase of building that pipeline, right? And that's really when somebody asked me, it's kind of funny, they're like, you're running after money. I'm like, I don't know if maybe I'm not. I don't know. I don't think I am. I think I'm running after freedom. And until we set this new venture up at a point where it's scalable, it is scalable. We know the model works because it has worked for several other people. It will give us the time. We just got to make sure that we don't kill ourselves between now and then, right? And that's where you really have to do that and your passion for service, which also brings the other point, right? I think the other dimension of probably freedom, what you're talking about, and that's my answer, I would love to hear your perspective, is really about contribution, right? Freedom doesn't mean, and it could mean that as well for some people, but I think for you and I, you want to sip my ties on the beach, but you can't do that 365 days a week. You're going to get bored out of your mind. I know you, I don't know me. I'd enjoy it every once in a while, but if that becomes my life, I don't know what I'll do with myself. So we need to be busy. We need to start, we need to continue contributing. And that's really where I think what's driving you to do what you're doing now. Would that be a characterization? And I'm trying to leave a legacy for my kids. I want to help them as well. So while I want to serve others, I also want to take care of my own household, you you know, as well. I just, I call it a seven year plan, you know, in seven years, I want to be, you know, having multiple businesses and passive income coming in to where we can have that time with our kids. You know, I have young kids just like, and so I want to spend as much time with them as we can. No, I agree, man. I think part of that is that, and it's kind of crazy. I watched a podcast and I can't remember, I think it was Lewis Howes. I can't remember whose podcast was it. I think this is amazing story that was going on that, and I'm guilty of it, where they said that there's a difference between saying we want to spend time with the family and being able to spend time with the family. And if you start auditing your time and you don't have family time scheduled in there and it's not happening, it's really not happening, right? And I'm guilty of that. So I'm trying to figure this out for me. Sometimes it's easy to say that kids will be there, right? They won't be there. They have a very short amount of time that are there with us. And hopefully they still love you and for the rest of their lives, but you don't know. Right now, you know they love you, but you don't know what's going to happen in the next four or five years. They're like, oh, our parents are the worst things to slice of bread. Who knows how that happens? So I think it's important to do that. How are you striking that balance, David? Because I know with other travels, with Mastermind, you know, all the stuff that's happening in our lives, just keeping our busy. How are you striking the balance? I'm not. So it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty hard. You know, when I'm home, I'm constantly on my phone or computer right. checking messages. And so what I'm trying to do, and it's a battle. You know, it sounds like it's a battle with you. Yesterday, I left my computer at home. And when I come home, I'm home. And, right. and I'll do the same thing today. You know, there's always another day. So it's just being there for them. Because like you said, I mean, I can be there, but I'm not there Correct. Personally, you know, my mind is somewhere else. It's on our next deal or something like that, you know? So it's so true what you said, and it's a constant struggle. I mean, I don't really know what the answer is yet other than work on it every day, you know? True, true. I think there's, everyone has to figure out their balance, right? I don't think there's any magic bullet that we can say, let's do this and this will happen because everyone's life's different. It's always interesting to see who people are in the same boat, 
of how are they managing it? Because, you know, at, at times you feel like you're crazy. You're lying to yourself. That's really what you feel like, right. which is not a healthy feeling if you want to sustain in life for too long on either side, because you're not being truthful about it, right? That's interesting. Now, David, tell us your journey into Belize. What brought you to Belize? Yeah, I came on vacation and wanting to spend time with my daughter and my wife at the time and fell in love with the people and how people enjoy with what they have. You know, it doesn't matter what the latest purse is, what the latest phone is, the latest status or clothes they're wearing. They were just happy. And again, I like land. So I was looking for some property and whatnot and just fell in love with the country. When I went back to the U.S., I was depressed. And I realized every time I went back to Belize, I was happy. So it was just a matter of figuring it out, what I would do. Right. And, you know, we sold everything and moved here in February of 2010. So it's going on. Oh, wow. I didn't realize almost 13 years now, man. Wow. Yeah. That is insane. I'm sure the Belize has expanded from the Belize you remember. It has. It has. Why did you pick Belize, though? What brought you to Belize? And that's not a place where people say, I want to spend my vacations. I mean, it's changing now, but when you moved back in 2010, what took you to Belize? Yeah, the famous shirt when I started coming here was, where the hell is Belize? (laughs) Nobody knew where it was at. You know, so honestly, it was because it was English speaking. I traveled enough to enjoy being in Mexico and places like that. but not to the fullest as Belize because I could speak the language. And so that was kind of the main reason that I picked Belize was just because it was English speaking. And once I got here and fell in love with the people, the food, the culture and all that. That's awesome, man. David, you mentioned something that I want to bring up. You said that I made some mistakes and, you know, everything is stuck in properties and I don't have passive income. There's two ways to invest, and I'll let you explain what that means. I think I know what you mean. People invest in real estate because there's passive cash flow. And what you're saying is different than that statement. So I want to piggyback on that to help folks understand, hey, what do you mean? And kind of like how you have to pick your asset class depending on what your goal you have. Correct. Correct. Yeah. At the time, my goal was just to be in real estate and as I made money, buy real estate and then eventually do something with it. But then I met, you know, our mentors and learned this thing called syndication and really got the bug and want to help people further. And also realizing that, man, I'm getting older. Mm -hmm. I need a way to support myself when I get older. So I'm not working 70, 80 hours a week. Right. And then I discussed or discovered this passive income. And so I realized that while I love my land and I enjoy the land at the moment, it's not giving me any passive income. Got and it. so I had to switch gears to look at, you know, one of my properties has a, a building, an eight plex, 10 plex that needs to be remodeled. So now I need to right. remodel that. Then that will bring me cash flow. Got it. Investing in, you know, your deal that we did. And that will bring me some passive income. And then yep. just other stuff I'm working on myself to where we can have this income. I have a couple businesses we've started that also gives passive income that my wife runs. So that's kind of what I'm working on. Not that it was a mistake buying the land. It's just my needs have changed because I want 
course. Mailbox money or passive income. Yeah, I think I understand that, right? So I think this is an important part because when you made that call to invest in land, you did that for a reason, right? And at that time you had a thesis, which is I want to buy something because action is more important than no action. So you took the action. And then along the way, you figured out, oh, actually, there's, it may not be a mistake, but it, you know more now your own needs Correct. and the market and maybe different ways to invest. And you're like, okay, if I have to redeploy it, now I want to go that path, right? Which is an important thing because I think part of that, there's a paralysis analysis, which is, oh, I want to do this, but I would research another five years until I understand everything about it. And that approach never works. I don't think it has worked for anyone until now where you keep hypothesizing in your brain and trying to figure this thing out. You won't be able to until... All you'll need to take is one action, whether it's going to work in your favor or not, but that one action is going to lead into another action, to another action, to another action. And soon you know that what you did was either right or you're glad you did it because it pointed you in the right direction, but you're not thinking anymore. Correct. You know, I get a $125,000 tax credit for being a U.S. citizen living overseas. So I don't need deductions like, you know, depreciation, bonus depreciation and stuff like that. So I'm looking for things that give me a higher cash flow or passive income. Right. That doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, the depreciation. Got it. Yeah. Which is an important point, right? Because I think there's, you have to again, understand what your needs are, right? So um, I just had a call with another investor recently and they were saying, I hate running properties. I don't want to manage any property but I want to become a real estate professional for IRS status. I'm like, these two don't work together, right? I'm glad you know what you want to do, but the outcome of that is you've already eliminated that because you can't do that. So now knowing what you don't want to do, let's not force fit that. Let's figure out another strategy to figure out how to lower your taxes. The pain for them was lowering the taxes, but their non-negotiable was they don't want to actively manage anything. That kind of changes the strategy. And just same with you, Right. If I can't tell you, hey, invest in real estate because it's tax advantageous, you're like, I don't have that problem, Sakit, but I have a different problem. Can we address that problem? Right? Which is important. So now in your stage where you're looking to accelerate your money growth, that's one, and also generate the passive cash flow. How are you looking at these two different things? Are you looking at the same asset classes? Are you looking at different asset classes? Well, how are you approaching these two different dimensions of your money? Never would have thought of investing in what do you call your deals? Oh, venture capital. Invest? So one venture of them capital. is yeah, venture yeah. capital deals. I would have never, I would have never thought about that. Right. So right. it's just you know I'm constantly learning, and once I saw it and I liked it, I love what it stands for. Again, it's helping people. Yeah. So I'm not asset class agnostic, so to speak. I'll look at anything as right. long as it meets my what I'm looking for. You know, which is that growth, and I'm not willing to risk everything on one deal, Correct. I kind definitely. of spread it out. Yeah, know? no, definitely. That The spread so, is very important because correct. you have to understand your own risk appetite. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. So you have to understand your own parameters and live, live within those parameters. You can always once in a while defy it, which is okay. But if you keep chasing the next best deal, you may end up in a very different outcome, which you may not like, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So David, what's next for you, buddy? Where are you heading? I know you do you have a very interesting syndication opportunity. I know that. Give us a little bit of glimpse. 
We're working on the chocolate farm. It's a 515 acre, you know, it's the largest cacao farm in the country of Belize. And we're inviting investors into that. I'll probably do a mini storage here in the country. And I'm also looking to maybe get back into some multifamily units in the U.S. So again, whether it'll be a GP or a LP, I'm just kind of looking however I can help, you know, my investors. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I think I'm more excited about the chocolate factory, chocolate yes. farm, because I'm like, I've never visited a chocolate farm. Now I know somebody who grows cacao. This is the beauty of this That's business, right. man. Yeah, we That's see right. so many different opportunities. Somebody's growing oranges, somebody's growing strawberries, somebody's growing cacao. It's the beauty of this networking and these kind of opportunities that are presented to yeah. us. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, David, we're and coming to the end of I unfortunately have a hard stop, but we could have probably talked for another two hours, time permitting, but we also want to make sure we're being respectful of everyone's time here. So last two questions that we always ask our audience, ask our guests is, one is, if you were to go back in time, your 20-year-old self, which was just yesterday, what would you tell them the key insights that would make their migration and life more intentional? Don't care about what other people have and just do what's best for you get started don't live beyond your means kind of sacrifice what you want in the future to live below your means to get what you want you know ultimately when the time comes so that's i guess the two key things i would say well well said on that man because i know the new generation now lives with two different things one is yolo you only live once and God only knows that life is long. You only live once and you spend all the money in the month you receive it. You got to exactly. be careful. You only exactly. live once, but it may be a very long life. So you have to plan exactly. for that. And the other is the FOMO, exactly. right? Those two aspects. I love these two concepts of living. So the next question, That's which right. is the last question for us is, where do you see the humanity migrating towards? It's a deep question. I think I believe in humanity. And I think in the end, humanity will prevail and do what's best for humans in general. Yeah. But I think we need to go back to the basics and just have all this that we have, right? We can be go back to being simple. You know, we need only a few things in life to live, a roof, food, and family, and that freedom, you know, of everything. Life, you know, we talk about the eight forms of capital, making sure you know, Chris Martinson's book, Peak Prosperity, that we have those eight forms of capital. So I think we need to go back to that and make sure that it's not just money that we need in life because money might not always be there. So we need to make sure we have friends like we have, you know, our relationship and others and just making sure we take care of our family. No, I agree. I think it's a human connection and connection to the reality, right? Because this world of the material world, hey, there's never enough. There's, you'll always be more. And somebody's going to be richer than you, always. Right, right. Smarter than you, more beautiful than you, anyone. I mean, there's always going to be somebody who's better in some dimension than you. But if you simplify everything, humans don't need much from life's perspective. It's just our wants have now become needs. And so it looks like a very complicated world that we live in. We need to separate those needs and wants. We do, we do. No, that, that maybe we'll do another podcast on that, David. That'd be a good topic to do a podcast on. That's a great topic, man. So, David, uh, towards the end of our show here, man, I think your story is amazing. Thank you again for taking the time and sharing with us. Where can people find you, buddy? On LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, David Kafka. 
I have a YouTube channel, David Kafka, Caribbean Capital Group. And you can also reach out to me at david at caribbeancapitalgroup.com. Perfect. Well, thank you. We'll make sure we include the information in the show notes below. Again, David, thank you. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the hot Belize so that you don't have to cover yourself in the blanket there. All right, buddy. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. All right. Bye. If you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult your own advisors when making any investment decisions. Keep listening. We'll see you on the next episode.